Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am so honored and excited to have with me my friend Genevieve Don. She is so many things, but she runs the Naomi House in Arizona, um, which is for Native children and is really pioneering bringing a kingdom, kingdom native, like a rise, like a rising native kingdom, you know, that if this isn't just, this isn't just the small little box, but God is moving in reservations across the nation. It's not just Arizona, also South Dakota, and I'll have her talk about it. Um, but I, I was very impacted by her book. This is her book. It's called Send Me, I'll Go. Many times where I was in tears and even just repenting for not knowing what I didn't know. And I'm just really excited to have you. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Heidi. It is awesome to be here. I love it. Yeah. So I would love if you could start with just sharing a little about yourself and even your testimony, how you became a Christian. Yes. Um, so I am originally from South Dakota. I'm a member of the Oglala Lakota Sioux tribe on my mom's side. Um, I was born and raised in a small little community about an hour off the Pine Ridge uh, Indian Reservation. Um, I grew up in a home where my father was an alcoholic and he was a drug addict and there was a lot of upheaval in my in my home. My mom got saved when she was pregnant with me. Um, she got filled with the Holy Spirit when she was pregnant with me and she would drag us to church. And uh, we used to say, we didn't, we didn't have a drug problem. We were drugged to church. So yeah. that, <laughs> it was, it was a small, you know, religious uh, place where we would go to church and it was just like no presence of God. And wow. he was so distant and so angry. And he was basically misrepresented to me through religion. Mm-hmm. And anywhere that you have religion, you have the spirit of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely the case in my life. I was so angry and so rebellious. And so I just definitely went down my dad's path of addiction and rebellion. And so those things caught up to me at a very young age. I was 13, 14, you know, and already into drugs, already into alcohol. I had my son when I was 16. And then I was in a pretty severely uh, domestic violent relationship. That's when I got into drugs. I ended up moving um, into Rapid City and about 17, 18 years old, got got into methamphetamines. Oh, my. Um, Yeah. All the things. And so today there's there's conversations about how the drug cartel are targeting our reservations. Um, and I was one of those targets, literally, at wow. 19 years old. And um, just lost. Had my second son when I was 19 that I gave up for adoption. Had an abortion at 20. Completely broken. Completely lost. Just um, honestly, if there was one word to describe myself, I, would, I, I identified as worthless. Mm-hmm. Literally. Hope, no future, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, 
But my mom prayed. I had a praying mother. And I always encourage moms out there, never stop praying for your children. There's power in prayer. And so at about 20, maybe 21 years old, I ended up going to Phoenix, Arizona from South Dakota. I literally went for all the wrong reasons, me and some friends. I ended up really liking Phoenix. And I told my friends, I said, I'm going to um, get my son and I'm going to move to Phoenix. And so I did. I ended up moving to Phoenix and I asked my little sister to move in with me so I wouldn't be on the street, basically. And we were both addicts. We were both lost. We were, um, I always say we're, we're hemorrhaging from the pain of fatherlessness. And wow. we, we were lost. And my sister ended up meeting somebody that um, invited her to church on a Sunday morning. And literally that's the only reason why me and my baby sister pulled up into the parking lot of this church in the ghetto of Phoenix, Arizona, 24th Street in McDowell. I will never wow. forget it. Um, and we pulled into that parking lot, a total broken, a total broken, lost mess. And when we pulled in, you know, the people were parking you like, you know, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. All excited. And I was like, what's going on? What do they want? I was definitely over. I was lost. And then the love of God was on them, but it was, it was frightening. I never experienced that kind of, of love or the presence of God right there in the parking lot. So we get out of the car and we're walking towards the front door and I felt the love of God. I mean, there was this gospel choir coming out of the front door of the church and you could hear worship you could feel the atmosphere of the presence of god which is what we're missing in our local churches this is what we're missing in the body of christ this is what we're missing in this world people need the love of jesus they need the presence of god and if we're not giving that to them in the local church um we're giving them a false gospel and we are misrepresenting jesus to a lost world and walking towards the front door and we were weeping right there under the conviction of the power of god in the parking lot nobody had preached to us yet um i was basically manifesting in the parking lot i wanted to run Uh, i wanted to i felt i heard voices telling me get out of here you don't belong but yeah. because of shaking our hand and ushering us towards the front door, it was like we kept coming closer. And when we got in the front door, it was now it was all the ladies shaking our hand, you know, amen, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord, telling us to sit. And they ushered yeah. us all the way up to the second row. Like we didn't get to sit anywhere we wanted to. We had to, they told us where we were going to sit. And, they, <laughs> and so we definitely couldn't run. And I was looking for the exits. I was really freaking out. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) um, I looked down my row and I noticed that I was surrounded by, I say, a bunch of black mamas praying in the Holy Ghost. And I knew it was going down today was the day of salvation. I was not going to be able to get out of there. There was no the spirit of God came for me that day. I'm telling you, he came for me. And the man, the young preacher got up and preached under the anointing, which I now know is the anointing at the time. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he preached and under the anointed preaching of the word of God, I had a series of revelations that very morning that changed me for the rest of my life. Uh, Number one, my eyes were open to realize that I not only had a need for a savior, 
but that he was coming to love me and rescue me and save me right now. Yeah. That literally my sin really was as far as the East is to the West. I remember saying a lot of times Jesus saves, Jesus forgives, Jesus loves, but it went in one ear and out the other. And on this day, the word of God became alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The, the message version says it's sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. Wow. It lays you open for surgery. And God is the surgeon, the master surgeon. And he began to cut things out, put, rearrange things, put things in, and literally do surgery on me in the pews that morning. I had my eyes open and I saw like in the spirit realm, these robes of righteousness begin to descend down upon my life. And I knew that I had been lied to that because of the blood of Jesus, I had every right to come boldly to the throne of grace and talk to God. That's a danger. Like I all of a sudden realized I can hear his voice and he can hear mine. I'm about to let somebody know we have been lied to yeah. and that God really, the blood of Jesus, that Jesus is actually real. You're not going to believe it. You know, um, I also had a revelation of how loved I was that not only was I not a throwaway, but that God had a preordained call on my life since my mother's womb. And that's why he came for me the way he did. So my mom was supposed to have an abortion with me. Um, and that, last minute they changed their mind so since my mother's womb he had been trying to take me out and now i realized yeah. why, and that i i wow. had a purpose and so this pastor he said um you know if you want to ask jesus in your heart at the end of the message then you guys you know come up to the front right mm-hmm. and honestly i thought if that is jesus mm-hmm. and he wants me I said, excuse me, I need I need to go up. I need Jesus. Excuse me. I need to go yeah. up. Uh, pardon me. Pardon me. You know, like nothing's going to come on somebody. Whew. Nothing's going to stop me from getting to the real man. Jeez, I met a man and it was a lot like Saul on the road to Damascus. The mm-hmm. eyes of my understanding were enlightened. I said, who are you, Lord? And what do you want me to do? Wow. This- came off of my eyes and I looked back and my sister was still sitting there just crying and I said girl we're getting saved today <laughs> and she's like excuse me excuse me and here we were just these <laughs> completely broken lost wounded fatherless addicted oh you just name it uh and here we were coming up to the altar and I remember and there was a line of us and I remember that pastor looked over his and he, he said something, he said, you just made the best decision of your life and you will never be the same again. And I truly don't think that he understood at that time how true those words were going to be in my life. Absolutely. And after we asked Jesus in our heart for real, <laughs> um, I, that's how I say it. I got saved for real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And then they asked, they took us into another room and they said, do you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost? Mm 
And I'm going to tell you something right now. I am so grateful that God decided to put me down in a church that wasn't going to shy away from the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2. Because if somebody would have told me that you that that's not for today and it's not that big of a deal, I would have believed them. But because they said, do you want to be empowered? Listen, the person that lived above our us in our apartment had just gotten shot in the head the week before. Yeah. I knew that I needed whatever God had to give me. I needed the power of God to live where I was living. And I said, yeah, I need all that I can get. And they showed me in Luke chapter 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? And so I asked. And that morning I took a deep breath and started praying in another language. And I was supernaturally empowered from the day that I got saved um, to accomplish all that God had called me to do. And I've been praying um, in the power of the Holy Spirit all these years. So after, and I'm just going to keep going if that's okay. okay. Yeah, okay. that's 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 totally fine. Yeah, this is after amazing. major encounter and baptism of the Holy Spirit, he also healed me in my physical body not too long after that. And I remember I just after he healed my, it was my lower back. After I had a manifested miracle in my body, I said, God, you are absolutely who you say you are. You do what you say you will do. I will go wherever you want me to go. I am yours. Like that, that was covenant day, day one. And so I ended up going to, uh, uh, Bible school there through that ministry for two years where they really did equip uh, equip um, a, a disciple and know how to, to really raise you up. Yeah. And so for two years, God just did a ton of inner healing and work on me. And then uh, I Googled Native American ministry in Arizona because that's where I was. Yeah. I knew I was called a Native American ministry beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I had no idea what that would actually look like. Yeah. And the only ministry that came up was a place called Naomi House um, right off of the Navajo Reservation, which was a three and a half hour drive um, out of the Valley of the Sun, out away from the city, away from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I took this three and a half hour dra- drive into the abyss of the Navajo Nation, <laughs> which I knew nothing about Navajo people. I was pretty young. I really thought Lakotas were the only Indians. Literally, I, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so I pull up into this little mission home called Naomi House, which is a, a foster, long-term foster home at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, where this, what I endearingly call the crazy white lady from Kentucky, yeah. um, came <laughs> to Arizona um, in the 90s and um, has her own powerful testimony, but was so called of God to the babies, to the children. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so she, I, I meet this woman, uh, I, I, I come onto this property, I go to her office, I say, I don't even know why I'm here. I told her my testimony about South Dakota, about my encounter with Jesus. I said, maybe I'm just going to clean something and get back to Phoenix over after the weekend, you know. Okay. And that Sunday morning, we were driving to church. It was just her and 11 children and Jesus. She had no staff. She had nothing. And we're driving to this church on the reservation. And she looked at me and she said, I had a dream about you last night. And I thought, oh gosh, because I'd only known her for 24 hours. And she said, I believe God has called you um, to learn how to run Naomi house so that you could take it to South Dakota one day. 
And so that was in the first hours that I met her, she made that declaration. And this was mine. So I knew, I knew deep down that that was absolutely what was going to happen, that that was the word of the Lord. I went back to Phoenix. The Lord had blessed me with a job I didn't deserve. I had an amazing church, an amazing life that he had given me. And I said, I will go, um, I will go back. And when I came to move back, which was several months later, I pulled on to the property and I said, God, I'll give you one year. And <laughs> I learned not to tell God how long you're going to give him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Literally 10 years later, um, because I, I began to just serve and every type of aspect that you could possibly, I mean, fostered many children. Mm. I've many wars, many rounds, many, it is front line battle for children uh, in Native America. And and that's everywhere. I know that's true. But I'm I specifically I'm talking, you know, native, native ministry. And so can you can you speak a little bit more some details about that? Because I think that we're a little bit ignorant on the problems. And I would love it if you could actually speak what they are. Yes. So the statistics, when you go over the borders of our reservations, absolutely skyrocket when it comes to Native American children in need. Um, and a lot of people, and that that's a pretty huge subject, which is why I had to write a whole book, seriously. And, and this book is going to, it's my encounter with Jesus. So it's really going to help if you have loved ones that have not encountered Jesus. Um, it's specifically to help train stateside missionaries and to help raise awareness regarding Native American children today. Yeah. Because Native children are definitely out of sight, out of mind, right? And there's two things that I highlight of what's the issues, why is it so brutal when you mm-hmm. cross orders of our reservations and and there's more there's definitely more ways to describe this but i i guess in a simple way especially for a setting like this two areas that i highlight number one is the fact of the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ignorance concerning the fact that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but there are principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places um, over all the regions of the world, they just look different depending on where you're talking about. So over our reservations, because of what of, has happened in our history, so things mm-hmm. that you're going to learn about in school, the assimilation and the boarding schools and the, the um, it, a lot of it was Catholic boarding schools, but there was mm-hmm. other denominations, which I call the demonic cloaked in clergy, where there was um, a real... A concerted effort to di- to uh, disintegrate the native family and to literally um, not just take land, but take the children and assimilate them in a religion, and to cut their hair and tell them they can't speak their language and all, all the abuse. So because of all of that trauma, yeah. Today we're dealing in this generation with generational trauma and the disintegration of the Native American family. Yes. And because of that trauma, then you're going to have the sort of addictions that you see on yeah. Native soil. Yeah. So the alcoholism, mm-hmm. the, 
the cartel targeting our reservations with drug addiction, the I don't nobody knowing how to be a mom, how to be a dad, how to yeah. be a we're talking generations deep so that now my generation, their children have all been taken away from them. Okay. Yeah. They, because of addiction, because of neglect, because of sexual abuse, because of incest, because of all these um, statistics across our, and it's, it's everywhere uh, yeah. on, on Native American soil. It, it is, it's, it's really, yeah. It's really bad. And then the second reason besides just, you know, historical trauma is a little more, maybe a little more hard to explain, but I guess I'll, I'll talk to it from the Lakota uh, perspective. Anytime you have a people group that is serving altars that are not Jesus Christ and Yahweh God, you're opening up that people group to the spiritual realm in a way that you don't want opened. Mm. There's demonic false altar worship mm. through a lot of our Native American tribes. Now, people in the past have come to the natives and said, you're, 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 you're witchcraft, you're demonic, mm -hmm. you know, came at them in, in that way, which is so wrong. Mm -hmm. only a revelation of Jesus is going to shut down anything demonic only a, right. the Holy Spirit alone so mm -hmm. we first nation needs an encounter with Jesus and yeah. not their demonic worshipers right well and so it's almost like witchcraft was done to try to stop like even even the way that the church was coming in was almost like witchcraft. Like we're going to come in and we're going to control you. You have to do what we have, what the, the church and the government, and you have to do what we are telling you to do because we know what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you. And so even that is that like an act of control and witchcraft and not trusting. Cause if you really are, you know, encountering the real Jesus, like you said, you're going to let Jesus come in and meet those people. And so if yeah, he's misrepresented, then obviously he'll be rejected. The, and he absolutely rejected yeah. by 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 natives in large, which there's yeah. a book out there called The White Man's Gospel. Mm. Uh, I would recommend that. I I'm I forgot the author's name off the top of my head, but it's The White Man's Gospel. I'll find it. And and that is that. So what you're talking about is we got a lot of damage control when it comes to representing Jesus Christ to first yeah. nation. I yeah. mean, just, it's a lot. Um, and I, and I'm gonna, I want to, I want to, let's see, how do I want to do that? So I'm going to get to that part about how, how God is revealing himself firsthand to native Americans, what that's looking like today, what that's yeah. looking like right now. Yep. So all those years ago, when she prophesied, I believe you're going to start a, a children's home in South Dakota. Well, 10 years after that declaration, when she retired and they asked me to take over the ministry uh, with tears running down my face, I said, I'll do it for one year. Because again, it is absolutely no joke to be on the front lines of Native American ministry. The reality 
safety of that. Um, just, I could go on and on of yes, miracles and testimonies. And then also just the trauma of being in the front lines yeah. of the industry, pulling yeah, you, off of the front line. Yeah. I just want to speak to a couple more details more, just so people can understand. There's a lot of suicide um, a lot besides addiction, there's a lot of child abuse reports that are happening. There's a lot of domestic violence. So this is like what you're handling and dealing with and getting connected with, with kids and loving these kids and then seeing the hurt and the trauma that they're experiencing as well as what their parents are experiencing. So I just want to name that for some people. Cause I, I think that we can, we can think that if we don't, we don't hear it and we just ignore it, that it's not happening. And I don't say that to like shock people, but I say it for we can, for us to be able to pray that for us to come in and intercede and for us to have God's heart to move because they're, they're God's children. Each one of us are. So keep going. Yeah. Um, so the reality of what you just said in 30 seconds is the reality that I've walked out in 20 years of watching these statistics play out in real time and literally having your heart broken over and over and over. You know, things are better right now, but I'm telling you those first 10 years of ministry were so brutal that there's not, there's really, I don't know how I would even explain it. You know, we have great success stories with our kids that come, but we also have the reality uh, of what our kids come from. So one of my very first foster daughters is now on my staff and my board. Like that's a huge mm. testimony. In fact, my that second is. ever had my second one, she's also on and we have a lot of great, wow. wonderful, powerful generations that were rescued. Mm -hmm. But I also have a foster son and this, this is going to come across really hard. So please prepare yourself, especially if you have kids, maybe that committed suicide you know, that that hung himself, mm -hmm. which happens a lot mm -hmm. on the stations. Um, in fact, in Pine Ridge in 2015, it was declared a state of emergency because kids were uh, participating in group hangings wow. at 11 and 12 years old. They weren't getting through middle school without committing suicide. Um, that's, that's a principality. Yeah, that's, that's good over a region yeah so every statistic will give you the clues of the principality that's at, at at large yeah those suicides have come down you know they're not where they were at 2015 but they are skyrocket mm -hmm. compared to america yeah and then i had another son that was brutally murdered on in this on the street in in on a, on the reservation here not very long ago i'm i'm not even a year ago and so and and we've had um siblings that came and went for the week went home for the weekend and one sibling was murdered over the weekend two-year-old um and the two brothers came back to us the following mm -hmm. monday mm -hmm. and um so yeah it is easy to kind of glaze over and just say generational trauma rather than just say you know what literally this is what yeah. our kids are facing this is what our people are facing and what god is doing right now is he is highlighting over our reservations 
the one, two, or three people, and sometimes it's grandmas, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, but the one, two, or three people that have a revelation, a genuine encounter with the Messiah, a revelation that Jesus really is who he says he is, they're having a revelation that they really do hold the keys of authority over the legions and lands yeah. and a revelation of the intense levels of inner healing deliverance mm -hmm. humility and agape love that it's going to take to link arms in our tribes in order to see his kingdom come and his will be done in our reservations as it is in heaven god has a plan and it doesn't look like what it looks like right now, but he's calling upon the kingdom people to enforce that plan. And so this is what, hap what happened after she prophesied we'd go to South Dakota. When I, with tears running down my face, I said, I'll take over this ministry for one year. My grandma called me from South Dakota that year. And she said, God told her to give me the 600 acres of tribal land in Pine Ridge um, in order to start a children's home. That was several years ago. And when she said that, I knew, I, I always knew God wanted to start a children's home in Pine Ridge. I just was not exactly excited about it because I knew <laughs> the reality. How much work, the work, yeah. The warfare, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the on the list of impossibilities mm. to permeate something. The children, I see the children and there are these walls around the children at least four or five layers deep of keeping hope out off of them away from them so god is having to build up an army that is full of strategy yeah 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 to implement in order yeah, to convey, in order yeah. to be able to permeate these walls that the enemy has erected around this generation mm. And God is raising that such a people up. And so when she when she said that she was going to give us that land, it was several years later. So now I'm talking two years ago, the Lord finally opened up South Dakota to me. In fact, he gave us a word before we went out there just to go visit. And he said, um, and as we were praying, I saw us come up over the region of Pine Ridge in South Dakota. and all of a sudden I saw war horses circle up over us. And I saw that scripture where Elisha said, open my servant's eyes to see that there are more with us than there are with them. And he saw the, the chariots and the war horses of fire circled up over the region. And God said, there's more with you than there are with them. And all of a sudden- Oh my gosh. All of a sudden I saw a huge, and I don't see angels, but I saw a huge towering angel at the gate. And God said, I have assigned you an angel at the entrance of the gate to escort you into the region. And, oh and everything opened up over that, that tribe from that moment that we stepped foot on that land two years ago. Wow. That's when I met several, several Lakota leaders who had the revelation of, 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 of all of these things. And he sat us down. He said, I want to, my God, he sat us down. He said, I want to show you um, some slides over 
South Dakota. We sat down and he said, for every Lakota person, they, they know who white buffalo calf woman is. So all these years ago, there were these hunters in the Lakota hunters and this buffalo came coming at them swiftly. And this buffalo was, it was red, it was coming closer, it, it turned yellow, it was coming closer, it was black, it was coming closer, it turned white until it came upon them and it was a beautiful woman. And she presented herself as white buffalo calf woman. And she gave the Lakota people what they, they to this day celebrate the seven ceremonies, which include the sun dance, which is where you will pierce your flesh and let blood flow at altars. And this happens all year long across the, the Black Hills of South Dakota and beyond because the, a lot of the other tribes have learned this form of worship through the Lakota Sioux native. And, and he said all of these ceremonies, so, so at every ceremonial site, there's over 400 tobacco ties at every ceremonial site that represent each one a demon god. And so here I am talking to this Lakota pastor who has the revelation. Nobody came in and told him that. Nobody came in and told him he's a demon worshiper. Nobody came in and told him he was going to hell. He got a revelation from the Holy Spirit Come and on. from himself. Come on. And so he put this slide up on the slideshow and it was 23 demonic altar sites over the Black Hills, over Devil's Tower, over Mount Rushmore, over all the high places. When I saw that slide, I just was the, I feel the fire of God on me right now. And one of his one of his intense passions he says he knew i was a lakota a tribal member he said we have to go tear down these these sites we are the one that have the authority to go and tear down these sites and i said and i immediately began to get downloads from god and i said brother i believe that's true and i believe that's right but first we have to tear down the altars in on the inside of us oh or we can ever tear down the altars in the land because first nation has authority over the land but the enemy had to get the land on the inside so tore up and so discombobulated and so traumatized that we'll have way too much in common with the powers of darkness that we're called to confront and we will have no authority to deal with the the 23 demonic altars over the Black Hills until we deal with the demonic altars that are erected and the idolatry on the inside of our own heart. And immediately the Lord gave me the word kingdom council. He wow. said, I want you to identify the kingdom council over this Come region. On. Those are the ones that have a revelation of who Jesus is really Messiah. They have a revelation. They really hold the keys of authority over their region and their land. They have the revelation of the intense levels of agape love, inner healing, humility, unity that it's going to take in order to link arms and see his kingdom come and his will be done on our reservations as it is in heaven because it is not the crackhead and the drug dealer that is keeping the kingdom of heaven from manifesting in the earth. It is those that claim to know God come that on. don't know how to love, that don't know how to die, that don't know how to work together long enough to 
just see God do a thing. My God in heaven, I feel so much fire and anointing on that. And from that day forward, the Lord began to highlight the leaders over Pine Ridge. And for one year, we came to the Prairie Wind Casino to be able to deliver the word of the Lord to say, we don't got time. We don't, a whole generation might not go into the promised land, but we don't got time to go around the mountain another 40 years because it ain't about you and your title and your ministry. It's about the baby that was born on crack yesterday because the church don't want to get it together. Come yeah. on. Oh. And so for a year, we began to disciple those leaders. Sure enough, last year, when we broke ground and opened our children's home on my grandmother's land in Pine Ridge, the Lord said, I want a safe house on all nine reservations of Come South Dakota. On. So in June... Me and my family and some intercessors, they put they put a schedule together for us. And we took a journey, a 21 day journey through the, the tribes of South Dakota and preached in 35 different places. And, and in that journey, the 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 assignment was to give the clarion call that god is looking on all nine reservations for the kingdom council mm. he is looking for those that already have a heart to run a children's home and mm -hmm. he's looking for the intercessors come, come on he's um. coming to identify okay so what i didn't know was halfway between our journey we ended up at the state capitol in pier in south dakota I didn't even know why we were there. There was an entourage that was with me that God had assigned to us in June. Yeah. And they were in. I'm like, okay, we'll stop at the state capitol. Like literally went over my head. Okay. We're sitting in the secretary of the state's office, who, by the way, she is a born again kingdom woman of come God. On, come on. Come on. Come she, on. And her title is called the keeper of the seal. And she began to let us know how she wants to make adjustments to the state seal to represent natives more, like a teepee, a buffalo eagle, whatever, because there's yes. nothing on it. And so I'm, I, it all went over my head. I was sitting there like, when are we going to go back to the res? Like, what are we doing here? I am not political. Like, I, this is how I was thinking. And she also let us know that the aglow ladies, which look at how God will just, oh man, he's got, he's got these networks in every nook and cranny yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and they are assembling. And so these aglow ladies, man, they're a force, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they had given a star quilt to um, the state secretary and she wanted, she goes, how about we do some kind of thing where, you know, we present this star quilt, where we honor the natives and, and all this. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And the lady next to me, she goes, well, there's also an apology letter that we would love to have read. She's from Rosebud, she was Lakota. Um, which that's at theapologynow.com. Um, and she goes, it would be so amazing if we could have it read at all 50 state capitals at the same time. And so from that day forward, when I got home, the Lord said, I want you to gather all the kingdom council to one place in the middle of the state in the fall. So we are gathering, okay, November 2nd and 3rd in Pierce, South Dakota, on the third will be at a second will be at Lakota Chapel to build an altar of worship to assemble the nine tribe leaders on this. The third will be at the state capitol to begin conversations about writing our own decree like Esther. OK, and this I just want to say this is 2023. So if you are listening to this 
after this is um, this this has gone live, um, I, I want to encourage you to go to where can they go to find more what website? Tribesarise.org okay. and uh, everything's on there. Okay, all right, because I know. Um, yeah, so keep going. We just have a, a couple more minutes and I want them to be able to find out about how they can find out about you and your book. And if people are inter, um, feeling a call to intercede. Yeah. We're for a hundred intercessors. Um, but yes, it's at tribesarise.org on Facebook, Genevieve Dawn or Tribes Arise. Okay. Um, and, uh, the Naomi house.org is another website, but Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, that's the, mm -hmm. that's the story. And so we're identifying kingdom councils also in Oregon. It's happening awesome. in other states. Um, God is mobilizing First Nation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like, this is it, this is really an honor to have you on because I feel like as you're talking, I'm like, I just see like years and years ahead of, you know, like this is the beginning of something huge. Um, so I really want to encourage people to get your book. Um, there, you can get it from Amazon, correct? You can, um, but I would prefer yep. you got okay. it from tribesrise.org forward slash store. That would be, um, got more it. okay. Book. Yep. And I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna spell this out for anybody who's listening. It's T R I B E S A R I S E dot o r g um and then how you spell genevieve if you're listening here it's g e n e v i e v e um just so people can know um and her last name or it's don d a w n um to know where to find out and what about if they're interested in interceding can they go to the website as well yes yeah. if you go to um, tribesarise.org forward slash prayer hub mm -hmm. we meet three times a week six to seven a.m pacific time um okay. and we Pray in the Holy Ghost. And we would love to have intercessors connect with us there. Yay. I, yeah, I have a lot more questions for you. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that you said in your book that are like very practical, like very practical, like mama things, like get over it. <laughs> there was a few times you would say that. And I just want to share, cause I've met you in person and um, hung out with you the night before. I think you were preaching and Harmony was preaching and we just had a really great time. Like you are a lot of fun and um, you're obviously fiery and in love with God. Um, and he just absolutely adores you and is so Please, that you're just following him, like just being a missionary and following him in such a, a tough, I mean, just a lot of territorial breaking breakthrough that's happening. Um, and so many people don't understand what that means, that the power of Ephesians 6, 12, that it's not people that are our enemies and that this is a spiritual battle. Um, and so I just am so honored to have you on and have you share this and really pray that a lot of people step out to get involved and even go, go to the state Capitol is, and I mean, that's what you're saying. Like people can go to the state Capitol, November 2nd and 3rd, 2023 in South Dakota. Here, here, South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. And I would love it if you could pray. pray. Yeah. Pray. I want to pray for maybe somebody that doesn't know their purpose or mm. maybe counter so father mm -hmm. in the name of jesus there's power in a testimony and i just pray over every single listener right now under the sound of my voice i decree over you from your mother's womb he has woven you and given you a purpose from the foundations of the world 
And I believe and decree that that's why maybe you have been through all the things that you have been through, not because you're not important, but because of how important that you are and for from what you carry. So Lord, I just pray for a fresh encounter with you for every single listener, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know from today forward how far their sin is from the east is from the west. Lord, of their righteousness that is in them in Christ Jesus, Lord, and that they are purely loved. And Lord, that you have an assignment and a purpose and a calling on their life from the foundations of the world. I bless them and I give you the praise for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for being on and we will have you back. Yes. Amen. I would love it. Thank you so much, Heidi. You're a blessing. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.